Should you play Seven Wonders with two players? My name's Jonathan, and this is The Snakes Cast, the podcast for people who don't know as much about games as they'd like to know. This week, the game spotlight shines on a hit game from 2010 and an impressive follow-up from 2015. Welcome back to The Snakes Cast. With me again this week, Vincent Kong. Hello. And Steve Tassie. Wonderful to be here. So... Uh, drafting games have been with us for a while. You've both played drafting games, of course. Yep. For the benefit of our audience, a drafting game usually means each player's got a hand of cards, you all pick one, pass the others to your left, and then you keep picking and passing until all the cards are taken. There have been plenty of these, but Seven Wonders by Antoine Bauza was definitely a big deal. You guys have played Seven Wonders as well, of course. Yes. Mm-hmm. What did you think of it? I like it. Um, it, it is fast to play. It is not hard to play. Um, it's about 30 minutes. Usually. Yeah, usually. And it's unusual in that uh, it is a game that scales well with lots of people but doesn't actually affect the gameplay time because of the simultaneous action element to the game. Right, we're all picking at the same uh, time. Yeah, it doesn't matter how time. many people you've got. Obviously, if you the moment you add one person who's got AP, uh, <laughs> that is going to affect the downtime. But a single player with analysis paralysis versus all five of you have analysis paralysis is not going to change the, <laughs> the gameplay time. It's only when it's you know nobody has it versus now someone has mm-hmm. it. So um, play time is unaffected by player count, which is unusual amongst uh, European-style strategy games. And the flavor of the game is fantastic. I mean, when I was growing up, I was a huge fan of Age of Empires, all those sorts of games. And there's certainly a, a similarity in flavor. You're building your economy, you know, wood, stone, brick, etc. And then it just grows into bigger and bigger achievements as you go on. Like, mm-hmm. It feels great. Theaters, uh, mm-hmm. you know, guard towers behind yeah. it went growing into coliseums and you know, great and tremendous achievements. Yeah, the theme is is a it's a classic theme amongst games. You know, plenty of civ building mm-hmm. games out there. Usually, those are really really long and really complicated. Yes. And Seven Wonders yes. is really special, and that yeah. uh, you could play it in half an hour. And once get, you know it, once yes. you know. It. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only other uh, uh, short civilization building game I can think of to compare it to would be uh, Roll Through the Ages, which is like a cross between Civilization and Yahtzee. And then there's Tides of Time, which also is very quick sort of drafting game for, but that one's for two players. So um, the, also the cards are huge, and uh, the art in Seven Wonders it's is very nice. It's gorgeous, and the, and the fact that almost the entire surface of these huge cards is just taken up by art. There's no text. There's a lot of art, but I would mention, though, that the way the game is laid out, and the recommended layout even, you actually block off a lot of the art as you play. Yeah, that is, is true. Which is really weird. If you leave them all, it's true. The game will take up most of like three or four tables if you lay out all the cards side by side because they're so big. But uh, you do get to see it as you're playing it, though, mm-hmm. I suppose. Yeah. So that counts for something. Um, it also goes to seven players. That's it's not that common that we'll see a uh, you know sort of strategy and you play with seven people. Yeah, I know. Though, is it good with seven players? I wouldn't say it's bad. I mean, no matter how many players you're interacting with above three, you are primarily interacting with your players side to side. Like mm-hmm. your neighbors are the only players who matter. Like when you say good or bad, is it good that you can't interact with the player completely across the table with you and you have no control whether you win or lose against them? Maybe, maybe not. People who play uh, uh, draft formats and games like Magic the Gathering, mm-hmm. part of the, uh, the interest for people like that is the idea of a card that might wheel, which means that, okay, I pick my card, I pass the others, but 
I'm passing one of the cards hoping that nobody else will want it. So by the time these come back around the table mm-hmm. to me again, I'll be able to take it. Mm-hmm. As soon as, because you only have a hand of seven cards, as soon as you have like more than four or five players at the table, if you pass a card, you're never going to see it again. And that aspect of the game disappears. It could simplify it. But at the same time, uh, while, while you know uh, cards aren't going to wheel, you also know that because you're playing with seven people who all have seven cards, you're going to see some more cool stuff that some other people are never going to see. Mm-hmm. So it, it, I think it puts a different appeal to the card drafting uh, mechanic. So. so, of course, we've also taught this game quite a bit. Um, bit of a pain to teach, isn't it? Oh, it's a nightmare to teach. Uh, I have yet to teach it to a group where on the very first play, someone does something that I explicitly and repeatedly told them they cannot do. Whether it's, uh, it's, it's usually build a card that they can't afford. Because yeah. they don't make the resource, and neither of their neighbors make the resource, uh, and you have to have certain cards on the table in front of you to have permission to play certain other cards. It's a, a game involving iconography. And yes, it's all about you have to know what the iconography does. The rules are not printed on the cards at all. It yeah. reminds me in a way of Bang, like games mm-hmm. where they tried to design a game that wasn't requiring English. So then the rules are in the book as opposed to on the cards. Also, in this case, we have Antoine Bauza, a designer who despises text Mm -hmm. and will refuse to use text, generally speaking. The iconography I would rank as uh, about as complicated as Race for the Galaxy uh, as far as difficulty in getting people who've never played the game before to grasp what those symbols mean and how to use them. But once you're in, man, does it work. It works well. Once you know what all the symbols do and and what they allow you to do, the game is really easy to play. Uh, It's just, it has an extremely steep learning curve. This is why I never teach Seven Wonders anymore. I just rely on Sushi Go. It's a drafting game that offers almost all the same appeal elements, but uh, and much, much easier to teach. Plus, it's got the super cute art. Yeah, Sushi Go is great if the people who want to play Seven Wonders have never played a drafting game before. Mm. If they already know drafting games, then it's an unnecessary step to, to feed them Sushi Go first. But yeah, a lot of our customers don't know a drafting game from a hole in the ground. And so yeah, I go with Sushi Go first. And if... Often, they've played that several times in a row, and then it's time for them to get their bill and go. And so I never have to teach them the seven wonders. Well, one of the other big drawbacks of seven wonders is that it's not really good for two players. There's this dummy player called the Free City, which the players take turns playing Which brings us to the real topic of this week's episode, Seven Wonders Duel. Now, for this one, Antoine Bauza teamed up with Bruno Catala to create the two-player version of Seven Wonders. Have you played this one? Mm -hmm. Yes, I have. All right. Um, Well, it's actually kind of taken the staff at Snakes by Storm, like Patchwork did before it. It's another two-player game that we've put in the spotlight on the Snakes cast recently. Uh, What were your impressions of Seven Wonders Duel? I mean, they've had five years to learn from the design of a previously published game. So it's a much more polished game. The iconography has been simplified a bit. You've removed a few resources that were just additionally finicky. Rochester draft instead of booster draft for all our Magic the Gathering audiences. Can you explain <laughs> that for those folks in our audience who aren't? So? Well, a booster draft is when you have a hand of cards that you, no one else can see. And then you choose one and pass the other cards secretly onto your neighbor. In a Rochester draft, all the cards are laid face up on the table and you choose one of them. But everyone knows what you're about to choose. 
So you pick one, the next player picks one. And, and you so, have public like, like picking teams in the schoolyard yeah, yeah. For, for a sports thing. Except they're not all face up in duel, are they? Mm-hmm. That's the part of the strategy. Yeah, the uh, the neat pyramid of cards with some cards being available and other cards not being available yet is a major part of the strategy in in Seven Wonders Duel because you want that card that you can see but it's not available yet. So it's how do you behind these other cards? How do you get to screen. it? Well, you've got to take some cards, but in doing so, you reveal other cards that your opponent might now benefit from. Mm-hmm. So, oh, what do I do? Do I just take this one thing that's going to be harmless? It won't affect what is now available for my opponent, but it doesn't do as much awesome for me. Or do I make moves that are going to hopefully get me more awesome, but risk giving my opponent the awesome instead? Uh, it's a, a great decision point to have to go through. The addition as well of the instant win mechanic, where you have both a military victory and a science victory, in addition to the traditional point salad, civilian victory is what they call it, when you just count up points at the end of the round. It adds multiple vectors for attack and adds pressure if I'm already advanced in military, then my opponent is forced to respond to that in a way that previously Seven Wonders was not a thing. For the benefit of our audience who aren't familiar with the term point salad, which I probably ought to do an episode about at some point, it means, <laughs> it means that there's a whole bunch of different ways to score points, and in the end you just toss them all together, and whatever your total score is determines who wins or loses. Uh, Seven Wonders was very much a case of that. Lots and lots of different ways to score points, and that's still happening in Duel, but just like Vincent says, you can also surge to a sudden um, Insta-win. Yeah, in, t- in two different ways, militarily and scientifically. Which of those two do you usually go for? I almost always go for military. Of course you if do. If I do use science, <laughs> it's just to use science to get the one technology called strategy, which improves your military. <laughs> and yet I've seen people absolutely dominate just by going for science. So there is no one way to win at Seven Wonders Duel. That's that's probably one of the best things about it, yeah. is that no matter which approach you take, there's going to be cool stuff you can do. If you're mm-hmm. grabbing the yellow cards, then your economy is going to be crazy powerful. You're going to be very rich. Um, if you wind up taking a lot of the red cards, and you're putting pressure on the other player militarily, so they have to try and fight back at least a little bit, or else they're just going to straight up lose. And if they don't, you're going to be pillaging their lands and stealing mm-hmm. their money. Uh, if you're going with science, then you, you get these cool little breakthroughs, which are different every time you play. Which breakthroughs do you like to get most? I haven't played the game enough to really uh, have a sense for which are my favorite uh, breakthroughs. I mean, I have, I've already mentioned... You love strategy. Strategy is really good. The ones that make everything cheaper is really good. There's a one that allows you to take an extra turn for every wonder you build. Oh my goodness. I will mention also that this game feels a little bit more wonder-centric. It's like, true. It's actually called... Both games are called Seven Wonders, but in the original Seven Wonders, you are one city, like Olympus. But your wonder is just kind of a way to accumulate points. This one, each wonder does a different thing. You get four of them. It's, they all do really, really cool effects, and they're worth they're worth investing in in uh, figuring them out. I love the cool bit about how uh, you can only have seven wonders total in the world. So I've got four in front of me. You got four in front of you. But if I've built my four, then you're only going to be able to do three because that's seven, and that's done. Only seven wonders allowed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you've taught this game a few times at the cafe. Who do you recommend it for? You know, it's, is, is it the kind of game that comes out very often at Snakes and Lattes? Yeah, it does. It comes out. I mean, it's not as frequent uh, a game recommendation as Animal Upon Animal or... Uh, yeah, it's 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 not as common as patchwork because patchwork is easier to learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there are there are certain games that for us it's like practically everyone is going to play this game by the time they're done their first visit uh, to Snakes, and Seven Wonders: The Duel is not one of those. But 
for people who are looking for a game with a little more, mm-hmm. it is right up there on the list of, well, you should do this. You should play this one. This one's good. You can introduce Patchwork to a table even if when you ask that classic question, what games have you enjoyed before? Even if they say, like, oh, we've mostly just played Risk and Connect 4, Patchwork is still accessible. It's not in any way overwhelming in terms of the choices you make each turn. Iconography yeah. is simple to learn. It takes about five minutes to learn. You're already yeah, ready to go. Yeah, it, it's super easy to learn and yet has layers of, of strategy it's really to it substantial. That, uh, mm-hmm. that you don't need to know about the first few times that yeah. you play the game. The deeper but the deeper more you deeper. play, the deeper you go into the, that, uh, that mechanic. Uh, whereas Seven Wonders Duel, while it does have layers of strategy and lots of ways to win, you need to be prepared for that the first time you play. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's more of an advanced game. And more mechanics. It takes like 10 to 15 minutes to teach just because of all the many different things you can do. It's yeah. more front-loaded. It mm-hmm. presents more of its complexity straight on its face rather than uh, being, having something you have to play it a lot to really get. Although if you play it a lot, there are depths mm-hmm. you'll discover. Uh, particularly with things like the guild cards that are going to show up later and with the technologies that are going to be different each time you play. There have been a few instances of really popular games that aren't so great for two players where we've seen a two-player version mm-hmm. coming out for that. Duel is probably the uh, the most high-profile and arguably the most successful one mm-hmm. that we've seen so far. There was San Juan for yeah, the Puerto two, two Rico. Puerto Rico. I mean, it, it plays to it's, four, yeah, it's, so it's, it's not it's quite the four, same thing. All Creatures Great and Small is a small, condensed version of Agricola for mm-hmm. two players. Yeah. Really fascinating there. Although, you know, it's, it's funny... With that one, Agricola plays just fine with two. Mm-hmm, it does. So to me, I never felt that All Creatures Great and Small was a necessary game. Similar to uh, Lahav, the Inland Port. Why have this when Lahav is beautiful for two people? It is, in my opinion, at its best with two people. So having a two-player version of a game that's already a good two-player game seems silly to me. But uh, taking Puerto Rico, which is one of my all-time mm-hmm. favorites, and making a way to kind of play that game with two people was a great idea. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, you know, Seven Wonders Duel is an excellent form of, of that type of thinking in game design, was take a game that really doesn't play to uh, and make a version that does. And I'd like to see more of that coming out. Some of the games that tend to come off the shelf most frequently with uh, groups of two that don't work with two. Let's see, Nuns on the Run was huge in that. <laughs> Uh, Catan, people's oh yeah, lots mm-hmm. of people grab Catan. Well, off there's the shelf. there's there's the Catan uh, card game, which is for two players. There, are, yes, there, there's actually been a couple of Catan card games, and there's a, a space Catan two player version as well, Starship Catan. The Starship Catan is actually kind of fun. I yeah. thought it's, uh, it's really long. But yeah, there are lots of games that aren't really for two that people take off the wall. Clue, yeah, Clue is absolutely not for two people, uh, and yet. Couples are constantly taking it off. Every time wall. I see them do that, I tell them play Spy Alley instead. That is literally Monopoly and Clue at the same time. Mr. Jackpocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mr. Jackpocket is my go-to for some for a pair of people who want to play Clue. Then, of course, there's lots of games that you can play to, like Monopoly and Life, that get taken off the wall by couples all the time. And I just think, why play a game that? Yeah, you can play it with two, but why would you? Uh, when there are so many games out there that are great for two. If you could get... Okay, let's have another Fairy Godmother question. <laughs> you get a, a really good two-player implementation of something that's not that great for two. Like a Seven, like a seven Wonders dual level of quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, which game do you pick? 
a cosmic encounter. <laughs> cosmic for two. Yeah, that that would I would I would be in love with cosmic for two if there was such an animal. Neat. I am going to go thousands of years back in time and say a really quality and good quality Mahjong variant for two players. Mm. They, they exist, but none of them are good. I, I mean, in my personal opinion, I think that the quality and the interest in playing four-player Mahjong is the only reason it's fun. Yeah, yeah. Like There's a three-player version uh, that, I don't know, it just doesn't do it doesn't the same as, as the full four. Doesn't work. I think I would pick Space Alert. Mm. You know, crazy, panicky co-op game on the clock, having just two people... Two survivors on this ship having to keep it from exploding for 12 minutes. Hmm. I would love that. You know what you would like then? Um, you would like uh, everybody keeps talking and no one explodes. Uh, which, <laughs> is that an actual title? That is the actual title. Everyone <laughs> keeps talking and no one explodes. It is a bomb disposal game uh, where you actually use a computer. Uh, so one player is looking at a computer which the screen is giving you a bomb. Uh, and you have to describe the other player's got the and manual. You have to do, the other player has the manual. What color is the wire that connects the exactly. clock? Is there a serial number? Does it end in an even number or an odd number? Uh, all that kind of stuff. And so based on their answers to your questions about the different components of the bomb, you have to give them a different set of instructions. <laughs> uh, and so that's basically what you just asked for. You should look into that. I will. That's it for this week. If there's a game you'd like to see in the spotlight, tweet it to us at SnakesCast or post it on the Snakes and Lattes Facebook page. Vincent, Steve, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. Thank you. The Snakes Cast is produced by P.T. Douglas. Music is provided by Ben Sound. The opinions expressed on the show belong to the people in it and not the company behind it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Game on. Game on.